Welcome to Lucy Lumen's podcast adventure. Welcome back, guys. I hope everyone is doing well and isn't too stressed with the end of the year approaching. I know it can be a pretty crazy time of year for everybody. Uh, I will be sharing some videos and other content around goals, intentions, and my plans for 2023. And hopefully that'll help all of us make things happen in the new year. So keep an eye on the YouTube channel for those ones. Uh, I know a lot of you recently responded to a post I made on my Instagram stories asking what your desires and ambitions are for 2023 as a photographer. And a lot of you said that you were hoping to turn pro, grow like your client base, um, get paid to do what you love in whatever capacity that is, um, and try out portrait photography as well. Um, also making a zine, that was a really big one too. So it was really interesting to hear all of your answers. And I think that this episode is going to get you right on track to do just that if you are looking to get into portraits or make photography your job. So in today's episode, I sat down with portrait and headshot photographer Pete Coco all the way over in Long Island, New York. I loved listening to his accent and he dropped some real gems in terms of building his photography business, getting clients, maintaining the best mindset, investing in education and reminding us that you don't need a whole ton of gear to get started in business or side hustle for yourself. Pete is a fellow F-Stoppers staff writer And he also has over 100 videos on YouTube that are all extremely good resources for anyone wanting to level up or master their portrait and headshot photography. So go check that out after the chat and hit Pete up on Instagram if you got something out of our interview together. Pete is also a jazz musician and has a really strong connection to music. So that just made me love this chat even more. I had already pressed record before actually welcoming Pete to the show, so you guys will be privy to a little pre-show chat about Fujifilm lovers and haters online in the comments section. Enjoy and let me know if you want me to interview more people in other areas of photography who have built a successful business or side hustle. I'm always open to suggestions and I really want to give you guys as much value as possible with the guests that I interview. Don't forget, you can also now join me on my YouTube channel memberships where you will get access to a monthly live stream with Lux and I and also some other sweet perks. If you want to support the show and the channel, then that is the best way to do so as I have recently shut down my Patreon page and I'm keeping it all streamlined in one place over on YouTube. See you in the Lucy Lumen Club. The link is in the show notes. Now let's get into the chat with the super lovely friendly and talented Pete Coco. Fuji, like you said, we're Fuji people and I, I'm one of them. So I love, like, I'm obsessed with my Fuji gear. We're like, like you said, we're like cult members. Yes. And we're, we're, <laughs> we're also like very sensitive, like Fuji, Fuji users are a little crazy and very sensitive. So, so I call them Fuji flakes because they're like, they can be a little snowflakeish Snowflake. when you, yep. <laughs> yeah. so I, I lovingly and jokingly refer to them as Fuji flakes sometimes and us as Fuji flakes sometimes in my videos. I don't, some of them don't like that. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. 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 For sure. But it's all in good fun. And um, Fuji listens to people too. Like this is like the XT5. They listen to basically every gripe that people had about the mm. XT4 and they basically did it in there. Yeah. And people, most people seem happy, but still some of them are, are complaining. You're never going to make some people happy. Oh, but 
we yeah, you know, we know we know that from from yes. from F suffers and yeah. even like yeah, YouTube just being online pretty much you can't please um everyone. Yeah. I have already hit record and I feel like our conversation um has already been so good, Pete. But um so I'll um keep some of that in. I think people will enjoy hearing about that, especially um the stuff about Fuji, what you said and um and YouTube and the comment section and all of that. But welcome cool. to the the podcast. Thank you so much for um, joining me. I'm excited to chat with you. Me too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries. And I love your accent too. I feel like I could just keep listening to your, which might sound silly to you, but um, you know, I mean, I'm sure I sound different to you too. Um, I've got quite a broad Australian accent, but um, <laughs> mine is mine is a is an eclectic mix of Long Island and Brooklyn, which is yeah, yeah. That's how it sounds to me. I'm not I'm not like super brushed up on all the accents, but yeah, you've got like yeah, you sound like you're from a movie or something. It's really it's really cool. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> you can say a mafia movie. You can say it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sounding very good, good fellas. Um, yeah, no, it's very, very cool. Um, That's so, one of my life goals is to be in a mafia movie before I die. Oh, point. really? Yes. Yeah. That's a, that's a I think good. I can get in. Yeah, I reckon you could for sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you could keep you could keep your name too, like Pete Coco. I feel like that's a cool, exactly. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a great headshot. You've got a great headshot. Yep, you're primed. You're ready to go. <laughs> we'll look forward to the screening of that. Um, so, if you, I will have done a little intro, but if you could just give um, the listeners a little bit of background on you, Pete, and tell us like who you are and um, and what you do. Sure. So my name is Pete Coco, and I am a headshot portrait photographer with a studio in New York uh, that's located on Long Island, and so. I am a photographer, obviously, and also a YouTuber, and I write for F-Stoppers. Um, nice. And uh, I love all things photography. So I love taking pictures. I love talking about photography and all that good stuff. Um, but my living, my main living is um, a studio that I run. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I also run a music school as well. So I'm also a music teacher. So I do both of those things. Oh, that's so awesome. Music and photography are like um, mine and my partner's like main interests. Um, and I think there's a lot of like correlation between the two. And I try and talk about that um, on like YouTube and, and stuff like that too, to try and branch out from just photography. So that's really cool. I'm excited to hear more about that in the chat. Um, I yeah, wanted yeah. to touch on, um, obviously, yeah, you do like um, portrait and headshots in um, like your studio. And that's not something I know very much about um like i never take photos of people ever and i find if i do i actually took a photo of a girl on the street the other day because i um, wanted to stop her and ask her where she got her shoes from and she looked really cool and then i thought oh i had my um pen ft and i so i've got like a lot of shots so i thought oh, i'll ask her if i can take a photo and as soon cool. as she so posed i would just like freaked out and I feel like I feel like my composition was really off, and and I could tell the lighting was really bad. Uh, but I just she was waiting, and she was ready, and I don't think she understood it was like a film. So I just took the photo, like panicked, took the photo, and then kind of walked off. And I'm I'm like, oh no, I should have been more careful. So I really panic when there's a person because I feel like then there's this responsibility to the person to make it look good, and there's just it just opens up all these things that I just my anxiety can't cope with. So I stick with the the rubbish bins and buildings and all the other things that I take photos of. <laughs> um, so I was wondering if you could uh, talk a little bit about like that world, like being a portrait and headshot photographer and um, maybe some of the pros and cons or things that you um, struggle with, Pete. Sure. Well, I'll, I'll tell you that the first time 
I I put someone in front of my camera to take like a, a portrait. Mm. I was it was the same way. Like I totally fr- you freak out at first. Yeah. So you know it's like everybody starts there. So you just have to keep doing it. It's like everything else. Like if you keep doing it, you kind of get used to it, and then this and that, and and then obviously you know. But I like taking pictures of buildings and rubbish bins too. We call them garbage dumps. Or um, yeah, there. yeah. You guys don't really say bins. Like I've said that before. When I was in America, I said it, and people were kind of looking at me like, "Oh, like that's very." And it sounded really blunt and kind of like we're a bit lazy in Australia. Yeah, and you guys say trash or like trash, garbage. Yeah. dumpsters, yeah. Yeah. garbage pails. Yeah, yeah. We just have bins. That's it. Just the one word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but continue. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, so I kind of had a, a, a very like roundabout approach getting to be, to become a headshot photographer. Um, and I, I grew up in the photo, uh, photographic community. So I was about, I guess I was like 16 and I was looking for a job and my dad came home and he's like, Hey, I just noticed the local camera store has a help wanted sign in the window. You should, you know, go and talk to them and, and see if they'll hire you. And I thought, and he, and he said to me, or I'll never forget. My dad said, you know, it might be a, a good skill that you can use. And I said, yeah, that's kind of cool. And I, I hadn't touched the camera yet. And, but I thought it was cool. I remember seeing like the, the girl who was shooting for the school newspaper. I was like, Oh, that's a cool camera she has. So I was like, all right, I'm interested. So I go there and I, um, and now if you know anything about camera stores in New York, like, um, most of them are run by uh, like Israelis, and so Israelis okay. are like very cool, and and but they're like they they'll tell you kind of how they feel. Like they, I I always say like my Israeli friends are like very much like Italians. Like they're, they're loud, they like okay, good food, yeah. they like yeah. big families. So I go in and I talk to this guy. I was very intimidated by this guy because he was like you know he's like really blunt with me. He's like so I drop my resume off. He's like okay, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll look at it. So I, and I didn't hear back. So I. I was being a persistent fellow. I went back um, like a week later and and I'm like, oh, I was just wondering if you hired someone because the sign was still in the window. Okay. Yep. You didn't hire anyone. So I was like, all right. I'll, uh, all right. So I guess they don't want me. But then I was like, come back a week later. The sign is still in the window. I went back four times, like over the course of four weeks. Finally, the guy broke down and he hired me. And oh, then wow. so- that was cool because um, I really wanted to to work there. And so um, one of my coworkers, after he hired me, like maybe a couple of months later, because then he loved me. Like the guy went from not wanting me to, to like, he loved me. Yeah, yeah you we just had to work off. for it. Like I had those, to work it's for often it. like that with those people. You got to try really yeah. hard and then they like, yeah, they go the other way and they love you. Yeah. Yeah. He's like an old school boss, you know, like that old school mentality. Yep. And um, but I was a hard worker and he I remember he was like, you have to learn about cameras now. It's like, OK. And there was no real really the Internet was not really a, much of a thing back then. So I remember going to the library. I took out all these books and I went home and I started reading about them. Mm-hmm. And he gave me a Minolta SRT 101 to learn on. Uh, but like months later, one of my coworkers was like, I, I was like, why didn't why didn't he hire me? Like, why did I have to come back so many times? He's like, oh, he was just hoping a pretty girl would come in first and want the job. <laughs> oh no, he was holding out and he was like, oh, God, all I've got is this Pete Coco guy. <laughs> I was like, all right, I can't can't be mad at the guy for that, you know. But um, so I wound up working there, and but I was already into music. So long story short, I I went to community college because I didn't know what I wanted to do, and then I knew I had to choose between music and photography, and so I decided to study music in school. So. But photography, I worked in the industry through my entire like college career. Um, 
So I, through my undergrad, through my graduate degree, mm-hmm. um, and then even after I graduated. So I worked about 10 years at another camera store, which was out on Long Island, um, where I was a salesperson and uh, and I freelanced. I, I shot for the school paper and I did all that. Didn't Never took one headshot though, but it was just all that other kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, I studied music. So I went to school. I got my, I actually uh, got my bachelor's and then I went and got my master's in uh, jazz performance. And I, you know, was, at, I mean, I am, uh, but I was actively on the jazz scene as a bass player for many years, uh, like in the city and on Long Island, I did some touring, play with a bunch of different bands. And then um, when I graduated with my master's, I also opened a music school and that was in 2006. Um, then fast forward like another 10 or almost, ten, yeah, 10 years. And around 2017, um, we decided to start a musical theater program. And so we told the kids, bring in headshots. And, and so the kids bring, would bring in like, you know, iPhone photos or like yeah, yeah. horrible, like, like mom took a photo in the backyard or worse than that, like those horrible school photos with the weird blue, like blue background. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the ones you mean exactly. You know, yeah, the I, ones. Have, I have a lot of those. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and like, the, and they would have like the expressions like this, like that's a smile. Yeah. Yeah. Like the worst expression. Like really forced. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, I could do better than this. And I like photography. And so I just one day told all the, all the students, like, I'm going to take your headshots. And um, that was the first time I did it. And then um, that's how I started. Uh, that was around 2017. Then like, I knew I sucked at it. Um, and I think even, even back then, I guess I had a knack for it because if I look at those old photos, they weren't horrible. Like I was composing them okay. You know, the, they they looked okay. I had like a big soft box. It wasn't horrible, but I sucked at it and I wanted to get better. So I went to YouTube and I typed in headshots, how to take headshots. And this wacky guy shows up <laughs> named Peter Hurley. And I watched one of his videos. I'm like, oh my God, this guy is crazy, but he's amazing. And so yeah, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> that's how I, yeah, that's how I found Peter Hurley. And then I joined the headshot crew like right after that. So around 2017. And then I kind of just floated in the background for a long time. And I just did a little bit on the side because I was running this music school. Then the pandemic happened and we had to physically shut our doors. Um, so I had this space, which I'm in right now, is now my photo studio, which was uh, our music school location previously. Okay. And I was freaking out like everybody. We lost, like my business was like cut in half because of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, we had to move out of our, uh, we had two, two spaces. We had to move out of one of them. And so I was like, I need money. And I remember saying to my wife, I have all this photo gear. I'm selling it. We need money. And so she just looked at me. She's like, are you crazy? Like you have a space and you have all this gear, just start advertising and, and taking headshots at people. And so I thought about, I'm like, all right. I, and I was like, out of desperation, I, like, I was like, I'm going to give it one more shot. That's literally how I started in 2020. And I even had, I remember I had pictures of everything that I took of all my, like all my, my, um, my lights and, and everything. And I was putting them on forums that I wanted to sell them. And then this, um, one of my former students contacted me and he was like, hey, I need a headshot. Like right around that same time. And I was like, so I remember saying to myself, all right, I'm going to take this kid's headshot. This was a college student because um, I was I was also teaching at a, a local university at the time. And so I was like, all right, I'll take his headshot and, um, and we'll take it from there. We'll see how it goes. So I did that. And then 
the picture came out awesome. He loved it. And then I, and then uh, Peter Hurley loved it. And that like, it was like right there. I decided I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. And that's, that's kind of how I started. Um, and, and it's been, that's been around like, maybe it was, that was around May of 2020. So I've only been doing headshots like professionally, um, and it's not quite, I wouldn't consider it full-time either because I still have another job, but it is more or less full-time, but it's technically my part-time job. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and here I am like however many years later. So it's, it's been really cool. It's been a lot of fun too. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. Such an inspiring story. Uh, I love, I always like wonder how people get to where they are, like with, you know, what, what they're doing, especially if it's something that they really enjoy or it's yeah, like photography and music and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, so cool to hear how the pandemic like turned it into like what it is now. Um, and like props to your wife for being like, you know, no, don't sell like your gear, like, you know, um, keep it and, and try. And I think when you kind of, like you said, you were like, this is my one last shot. It's kind of when you hit like rock bottom like that and you think, I'll just give it exactly. one more go. And then that's when it kind of like picks up. So um, that's that's really cool. Congratulations. That's awesome. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. How are you finding um, like balancing, like you said, you're doing kind of like part, part-time with that or more or less full-time, but you have another job and then um, you're still doing the like music thing. Um, and then, you know, you've got a family and then you're doing YouTube and you're writing for F-Stoppers. Like, you kind of sound like me where you've, you know. <laughs> I'm tired, Lucy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. So <laughs> All the I. time. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you're yeah doing, like, so much. So, how do you kind of balance that? And do you think that there's, like, a tipping point where the photography will take over and, and be, like, the only thing that you do or? Um, I think it could be. Um, I, I, I don't know that. I, I, it definitely could happen, but I kind of enjoy having a bunch of different things on my plate. So first, the first thing that took me a long time to learn a lesson that's very important. And, um, when it comes to like time balancing, like you hear people talk about like time management, you, you got to balance what you do. And like, for years, I thought that meant like, okay, so every day I should spend this much time on this task and this much time on this. And th- that's nonsense because that's not how a brain, our, our brains work, especially for mm-hmm. like creatives like us. Like our brains are not like mm-hmm. a guy who's like crunching numbers as an accountant all day. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. So my balance is like all day, one day. I'll make YouTube videos, but then I won't do it for a week or all day I'll have clients or, you know what I mean? So, or all day I'll write for F-stoppers or not all day, but like big chunks of chunks time. Chunks of the day. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I've learned to trust kind of my, my creative energies too, because like sometimes you know how it is an idea will pop in your head when it comes to like writing or making a video and you'll mm-hmm. be like, Oh, I got it. I got to do this right now. And then it just flows out of you. But if you try and force it, yeah. um, it just doesn't happen and it never comes out as good. It's uh, but so I also true. have my my music school is for kids, so we really don't get started until like three o'clock in the afternoon. So okay. it's actually okay. really cool because on a more practical level, I, I usually do my headshot sessions. If I have portraits and headshots, I'll do them f- from like 10 a.m. to around 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then my music school is like right down the block from the headshot studio. So I go down the block and then I stay there usually till like between 7 and 9 p.m. depending on the night and do all my work there. So kind of the two businesses really complement each other well. Um, yeah, definitely. 
I'd like to, the, the YouTube channel is really the thing that I want to grow and put more into. I think out of everything I do, I mean, I love it all, mm-hmm. but I, I, I love the YouTube channel, I think, um, the most. And I was thinking about, well, why is that? Because I do love taking photographs. And I think what I love about it is the, is the community because like, you know, I, like when people interact with your videos and when people contact you, and I know you've experienced this too, like I'll get like, I've gotten text messages even from people because my cell phone number is right on my website and I've gotten Instagram messages, people being inspired by something that I, that I posted Mm -hmm. or a video I did um, interacting in comments, sending me some of their photos to check out asking me questions about like headshots and portraits. And I really love that because I feel very connected. So I love the community Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I like the balance of having a lot of different things to do too. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I like having the different things as well, but I think for me, um, like, yeah, YouTube is my main thing that I would like to grow. Um, and I totally agree with you. I think out of all of the social media platforms, like, uh, YouTube is the best for community, like true mm-hmm. community. Cause we talk about that a lot or like it's called social media, but no one's really kind of, you know, people are either fighting in the comments or, scrolling past things and, you know, like we have such a short attention span, but I think YouTube, you know, it's like longer form content. You can offer more value to people, you know, mm-hmm. like what you're doing. Um, and then, yeah, people are more inclined to like comment and let you know. And and then you build these like relationships with people. Like I, I have, yeah, like, uh, you know, 50 or more people that I speak to like really regularly from YouTube um, that have yeah. become like, you know, uh, friends and yeah, people like send you these messages and it's really, um, it, it's really motivating for you as a creative, um, to keep going and keep doing it. I think it's kind of like, a, like YouTube is kind of addictive a little bit, like, cause oh, you're, yes. you've got that side of it. And then, like you said, you're learning, um, you know, videography and audio, and then you're learning also about kind of marketing to a certain exp- um, uh, extent as well because you've got to like work out what the algorithm wants or you know what your mm-hmm. audience wants and all of that so it's so like multifaceted I find it really endless and interesting as opposed to maybe Instagram that's a bit more kind of I don't know I just feel like everything is just so it's so quick and even when right. I'm on there like I think it's important to think about how you are on a platform because that'll tell mm-hmm. you a lot about you know, how other people are like, you know, it's like, I always think when I'm watching a video, like, am I starting to switch off? Why am I switching off? I I should use that information for myself as a creator. And yeah, on Instagram, everything is very like, yeah, fast. And, and just like, I'm just sort of scrolling. You're always looking for the next thing, but you never land on anything or sit with anything. Like it's sort of built like that. And I prefer, yeah, YouTube's like longer form content. Um, But yeah, I think you could um, definitely, I think with YouTube, like, you got to just keep going and it does grow. It's kind of like compounding interest, like just right. keep doing it. And over time it, it does grow. And, um, and, and it's so nice, like you said, to offer value to, um, to people, uh, especially with what you're doing. Like I had a lot of messages from people like, Oh, that's my dream. Like when I said I was going to interview that, like, that's my dream to have a studio and oh, do portraits cool. and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And I don't know anything about that. I can't offer you know, advice on that to anybody. So I was like, that's uh, perfect to have you on. And um, if you could talk a little bit about kind of building um, like the business side of it, because obviously you are like, I would say you're probably like a, a business-minded person if you've had things in the past, like you had the music school mm. and, you know, you sounds like you've done a, a few things before. So you're like that way inclined. Um, how did you find the photography 
thing? Like, was there an, an uphill battle or was, you know, did work come in quickly? Like, how was it kind of building the business side? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely challenging, right. To do all of that. Um, it depends where you're located, obviously too. So yeah. un- unfortunately for me, I'm in one of the most expensive, my studio is in one of the most expensive zip codes in the United States. Oh, really? So yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's the town that I'm in is, um, like it's, which, which is good though, because there's also means there's a lot of money in the area. Yeah. Um, but it also means your expenses are very high. And then obviously a place like New York, you, you're just being like the taxes are just out of control and all that yeah. stuff. So, okay. so it's very challenging. There's a lot to think about, but like growing the business from scratch, the first thing that, and I know this is going to sound, I say this all the time to people and I know it's going to sound like, um, it might sound cheesy or whatever, or like, or like new agey, but I remember sitting in my basement and looking at like other uh, photographers' websites. And this was before I had, I had started my business. And I remember just being like filled with like, like, you know, just like, I wasn't jealous, but I was just like maybe envious and, and just more like, like, angry at myself. And I really was just, and I remember saying to myself, I can never do that. I can never have something like that. So the first step is you need to believe you can do it. And I'm telling you, the minute that I changed my mindset from, oh, I could never do that. I can never be great at, at taking pictures of people and I can never run a headshot business or a portrait studio. That like the minute that I that I did that was when the business started and when I started to grow. Because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is going to. And I, so I hate true. to break it to people, right? Like, and and people, the other thing is not only are they not going to believe in you, but a lot of people will will actively try and, and hurt you because for many reasons, but for, for one thing is like, if you're going to start a business, don't tell any of your family or friends, unless it's like your, your husband or wife or whatever, because people around you, uh, I remember when I first started like taking headshots, like my, my, you know, family members would be like, you're doing what? Oh, you're taking like, like, like a business headshot of somebody. Oh, that's that's nice. I get like these weird reactions. Uh, yeah, so. I know exactly what you mean. I had the same thing, um, and still now with 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 YouTube. Like, um, yeah, you I do mean, what? It, yeah, people are like, oh, and they look at you like like um, they're thinking like, oh, like like they pity you, like, oh, you think that's gonna work? Or and I'm like, that's a job? yeah, and I'm like, no, it will work because like I want it to work. And then it, yep. it motivates me because I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. just you wait. Like I'll show you that, you know, people yep. tell you like, oh, it's so oversaturated or whatever. Um, so yeah, people don't under, I think it comes from people not understanding um, it. Like my parents are in their sixties. So they're kind of like, they're really supportive. Um, but like, nice. yeah, they're really, you know, like my dad is really confused. He, he doesn't, he doesn't really know like what's going on, you know? So, um, but yeah, but that's such a good tip of, of like believing in yourself. Like you, mm-hmm. if you're not going to back, back yourself, um, and be able to confidently, you know, you have to kind of, um, project an image of like success as well. Right. Like not again to sound like cheesy, but yeah, like you have to be like, this is what I'm doing. You've got to tell people about it. Cause there's so mm-hmm. much out there. Like you've really got to like plug yourself i think as well yeah. like you just have to and you got to get comfortable like doing that yeah and that's what you said also is the second step which is you need to 
work your butt off. Like you got to be a super hard worker too. Mm. Um, but I, I'm also a, a huge believer in mentorship. And, you know, I went to school for like over a decade and I, I actually got, um, I, I, I actually got my doctorate in music and classical bass because my goal and my intention was to try and get a full-time job as a college professor. Okay. Unfortunately, that's that's very difficult to do because like they'll hire you as an adjunct, but a full-time job, those are very hard to get and mm. few and far between, at least in the States. And I know it's very different here. Like we have a very strange system when it comes to higher education because it's sort of this weird marriage of like um, corporate interests and like private... Yeah business but also like education it's really messed up yeah so, yeah everything there's very different with education too like in terms of how much it oh, costs as well like oh, i was listening yes. to a podcast the other day and they were saying like because i always think oh why like in movies and stuff you always hear like people are saving for their kids like college like funds mm -hmm. and i'm always like oh like that seems kind of overkill and then i heard how much it was and i was like oh okay i get why people do that now but like yeah we, we don't have that here it's like you go and then and then you pay for it once you start earning a certain amount of money you that they then take it like out of your pay so wow. it's sort of like a payment plan it's still expensive but it's like it gives you the opportunity to do it without having to like pay upfront or, or or whatever so it means a lot yeah. more people are able to get you know like my my partner has a master's in education and cool. yeah it, it offers you more opportunities so it's so different in america like the way you guys yeah, yeah structure everything here you get you get a degree. It costs you two hundred thousand dollars, and then you can get a job for like forty grand a year starting if you're lucky. So that's our oh my problem. God. Thankfully, I missed all of that too. And I mean, when I was when I was coming up, like I was I was working through college, and I mm. also didn't live ever. I didn't live. Uh, well, I did on for a short time in my master's degree. I lived on campus because because it was far. It was far from my home. Mm. But like I I you know I spent as little as possible. But yeah. putting all that aside. Um, I realized that like, well, I took a very long path to become great at music and I didn't, that necessarily was not the best path to become a world-class musician. So when I started studying photography, I just said, well, I just want to, I just want to mentor with the best people in the world. And that's really what brought me to Peter Hurley. I mean, Peter's the best headshot photographer in the world, bar none. And, um, not only is he the best technically, but he trains people on business practices. He teaches you how to run a business. He teaches you how to, you know, like, and there's other people in the crew, which is this amazing network of people who, uh, you know, will, will help you with the business stuff. So my first thing I did was I was like, well, I got to learn how to do it really well. So mm -hmm. I made it my mission to become a great photographer. And then when I felt good about the headshots, um, then I... I decided, well, now I want to be able to do portraits too. Um, and so I found another mentor who was another guy in the crew. He actually now at the time he didn't, but now he leads the portrait tra track in the headshot crew. His name's Ivan Weiss and he's in London and he's one of the greatest uh, portrait photographers, in my opinion, that's alive right now. And so I remember just looking at his work. I was scrolling through Instagram. I'm like, wow, this this guy's photos are awesome. And so I just said, I reached out to him. I said, hey, Ivan, do you do like one-on-one -on -one mentorships? I'd really love to learn more about how you create these photos. And of course, he said yes. And so I did a bunch of Zoom meetings, um, in-person uh, with the, with people from the headshot crew trainings and stuff like that. 
And then I just, I got anyone who would come in front of my camera. So family members, friends, um, being a musician, obviously I know a lot of musicians, which is great. So I got a lot of musicians and I just made it my business to like really become good at it. So I I think that the first thing you want to do is you want to, you want to get your skills to a level where you're going to stand out. Um, because there's like so many, and that's the thing where I think is really helping my particular business where I am because I'm in a well-to-do area. There's a lot of professionals. There's a lot of finance professionals, doctors, lawyers, uh, all those kinds of people right in mm-hmm. uh, right in this area here. And they want the best. So there's, I mean, I could, you could probably, I could throw a rock out out my out my window and probably hit a headshot photographer in the head because I'm in a very yeah. like, populated area but people are coming to me because my work is not what they're doing and what mm-hmm. most of them are doing it looks like it came out of like a Sears portrait studio you know circa it's a very 1990 generic. yeah yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah so for sure yeah that's the next thing you want to get your hone your skills and then you you just kind of have to pound the pavement too one way i i grew mm-hmm. my business was i just started doing cold emails. So like I just made a form letter and I decided, all right, let me look up every lawyer who has an office like in like a 10 mile radius of my studio. Mm -hmm. And I just started sending this letter to every single one, sending this letter to every single one, every single one. And, and I actually got, you know, a good amount of business just from that. Mm -hmm. Um, also, social media strategy, like you kind of mentioned before, is very, very important. Mm-hmm. And I've been, um, at this point, I've been getting more serious about that because I hate doing those dumb reels. I despise them. <laughs> and <laughs> Me too. And I've said that right? too. And then I feel bad saying, I hate reels. And then like a day later, I like post a reel and I'm like, hey, and I'm like happy doing this reel. But, you know, you just have to... Like you, you gotta can't, do it. You, you you have to like everybody. Like no matter what job you do, even if you you love it and you're doing what you're passionate about, there'll be a certain aspect of it that you're, yes. you know, not that crash hot on. But like you just have to yep. do it. And it's like if if you don't learn the skills as well, like you fall, you, you know, you fall behind, and then it's gonna take a hit to whatever you're doing. So you need to stay right. relevant. So you gotta you gotta just do the reels. You know, just gotta do it. Yeah. <laughs> And I, the dumbest ones perform the best too. So the dumbest ideas I come up with will get the most traction. So I've been doing that. Um, Instagram, I've been kind of honing my Instagram page and cleaning it up. So it really represents like the work I want people to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very active on LinkedIn too. Obviously, if you want to uh, connect with business professionals. Yeah. So I get work from all of those platforms. Um, but it's a lot of it's a lot of little things every day. And I do some Google reviews, which I've, I've fi- found has been a little helpful too. Uh, but you don't need the thing I tell people all the time is you don't need a space. Like, uh, I don't, I, I would prefer to have my studio in my garage, right? Because I'd be saving a ton of money on mm. rent every month. Uh, for me, I need to be where I am because of the community I'm in. But really, if you're starting, you definitely don't need a space. The last thing you should do is saddle yourself with like an expense that you don't need. So if you want to to, to start taking headshots, get yourself a little kit. Uh, don't 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 buy the most expensive cameras and stuff. Buy something good. Buy stuff that that will work well. But don't invest like 20 grand in gear. And I have friends too who are very successful photographers who their studio is in the garage or 
it's in their living room or it's in an extra room in their house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just got to get people in front of your camera. And that's what I did. I just started like honing my skills with people. Um, and then as I wanted to get like certain people, like one of the things I love doing is musician photos. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm a musician, so I like taking pictures of musicians. Yep. So when I wanted to grow that aspect of my portrait business, I would I strategically reached out to some pretty well-known musicians in um in jazz and in kind of in the genre and the, and the and the place where I'm at and I said, "Hey, come to my studio. I'm going to take some photos, you get some great shots and, you know, this and that." And I did some some uh free shoots like that. And then they posted all these photos and then I had other people mm-hmm. in their community start contacting me and I got paid work that way. And don't be afraid to also use the network you have. Like I mentioned, I also um, teach part-time at a local college. So when I started posting some of my headshots that I had been taking when I was doing it more casually on my Facebook page, one of my colleagues at the college saw it. And he's like, hey, I need new headshots. Um, can you do it? And I remember being nervous about it because I had just kind of started. And I was like, yeah, I could do it. And it was just one of those days where like, I just, it was, they came out awesome. I don't know. I was like something I, it was something I had for for lunch that day, really. Like I nailed these photos <laughs> and this guy loved them so much. He shared them so much. He made them like the, the cover of his album. And, and so my existing network mm. really has been, been good in, in getting me more clients too. So there's no yeah. one approach. It's got to mm. kind of be multi-pronged like that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Honestly, that was, I feel like you should, you should be the, the, the mentor, Pete. Like all of that was just like gold, like so, so good and applicable to like, because people are listening. I know, um, some of my listeners are just creative people and they don't want to necessarily make it a job, but I think you can learn things from this as well and take that into, um, you know, obviously we all want our work to be seen, you know? Um, and I do get messages from people like, you know, how can I, you know, how can I, just have a, a small like, you know, show or maybe they want to take their photography into like a local cafe and have it like sold or, you know, we all yeah. want our work to be seen on whatever level it is. You don't have to be like this big business or make it your full-time job. But I think right. all of these tips are really, um, really helpful, um, especially um, like when you said you've got to kind of like put yourself out there. Um, I used to think um, or similar, like when you started talking, you said that you would look and think, you know, oh, I could never do that. Like that real kind of, I used to, I, I was like that very, oh, that's not for me. There's no way I could do that. And like, I've always mm-hmm. had really creative friends and I was like, oh, I'm just the, like the bystander, you know, like I couldn't actually do anything, but like that mindset keeps you like that. And since I've, yeah. you know, you, all you need is a little bit of evidence to show that you can do it, um, which right. for me was like starting a YouTube channel, like, yeah, like just doing a few things and then getting a little bit of traction. And then now I feel like my mindset's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. I think like you, I also used to think that people got um, all the opportunities people got. It was like people are choosing them, you know, like people are reaching out to them and saying, you know, I want you for this or blah, blah, blah. But a lot of the time when you, when you talk to people, you realize it's them like, you know, you've got to, you've got to email people, like you've got to let people know you're there. Like you've got to ask right. for the opportunities and let, you know, let people know. And then they're like, oh yeah, okay. I'll, I'll choose you for that. So um, right. like that kind of works as well. I think, yeah, like you'd be surprised. Um, I, I email a lot of people as well for the podcast um, because mm-hmm. like what you said, obviously I do want to interview those people um, that are like big YouTubers, right. but I also know that it will, um, you know, help, help, 
me to grow if I can have them because it'll bring more people over to the podcast, exactly. you know, because exactly. podcasts are kind of hard to get found, like, you know, um, and yeah, it helps you. And then I get to talk to somebody, I get to offer my audience like an interview with this bigger person. So yeah, looking at who you can collaborate with like in your community and and not shutting doors off because somebody is here and you're here. Like it doesn't matter. Like, you know, you reach out to people and sometimes you don't hear back. Like I've not heard back from a lot of people, Um, but you get used to it. Like the more you, like the more you do it, you become like more resilient. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's why I reached out to you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we've known each other because F stoppers, but it was the same thing. I was like, oh, Lucy's really rocking it on her uh, YouTube channel. And, and so I just sent, sent your message. Hey, maybe we can do something. And that's, that's how this happened. So you got to do that. And you know what? You got to embrace failure. Like we, we live in a society now where, and I know I'm going to sound like the old guy and I'm not that old. (laughs) I'm the middle-aged guy, but like so many young people are, are afraid of failure. And they think that like, if you fail at something that it means all is lost. And like, Mm -hmm. that is like the worst, worst, worst thing, because you will learn so much more from failing at something than you'll learn from when you do great. Like I learn more when I, when I fail with a client, um, with one client, if I had like a bad experience, something stupid that I did wrong, I learned so much more than I learned from 10 awesome clients. And then it'll never happen again. You grow so much from your failure. So I I think like embracing failure and not being afraid to put yourself out there. Like you said, like, I remember when I filmed my first YouTube video, I was mortified looking at myself <laughs> because I, I I took this video and then I played it back on my screen. I'm like, am I this ugly? Why is my, my face is weird. This side is sticking out. What is, what's wrong with my neck? Like I, yeah, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to cry. I was so mortified. And, um, and I did that same video like five times over and over before I was finally like, you know what? F it. I'm going to just post it. And then I just, yeah. And then yeah. posted it. And then, you know, that's how you got to start and it gets better as you do it. So <laughs> definitely. I feel, I feel that. I feel like my first videos are really awful. Um, <laughs> and they say that in anything you watch in like this sort of YouTube education, like space, or when you hear from big, big YouTubers that have made it, like they always say, like, I think it's like they recommend you do like 50 videos or something before right. you kind of like get good um and kind of right. to your point about um if anybody's like wanting to start a, a, a portrait photography business or anything like that and you were saying like don't spend all this money on gear and you don't need a studio because i think mm-hmm. we we put those barriers in place for ourselves a little bit like we sort of think oh i don't have that yet so i can't do it but you can right. you kind of use right. it as like a bit of a crutch to not start um and yeah. it's the same with youtube like people will message me sometimes and say oh, i really want to start a youtube channel and i always say like use your phone to fit, like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can get lighting setups pretty cheap or if you have some good natural light in your house that, you know, you can manage or, you know, yeah, you don't need a lot to start and then you'll get going and then you can do that stuff later. Um, and yeah, like you said, you know, a lot of professional photographers that are making things work at home. I see so much good work on Instagram. There's a girl, um, I think her name's Amy Woodward Photography. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes, but she's doing beautiful family um photos on film and she just goes to the person's like you know house and it's so raw and 
uh, like somebody who had a baby two years ago, I'm like, that is exactly how it looks and how it is. You know, it's very, yeah. um, yeah, very raw and real and really beautiful. And then it's caught on film. So it's just like so nice. And, wow. you know, that's like offering something different maybe to what other people are doing. Right. I think like, um, there's like a saying, it's like, di- uh, different is better than better. Like, um, mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, you don't necessarily have to be better than the other person, but if you're offering something different, um, then that is also um, gonna set, like set you apart, and yeah, like people will come to you like for that specific for that thing. One hundred percent, you are so so right. And and so um, some of my mentors that I've studied with um, always say they say it this way: create the work that you want to be paid for. Mm-hmm. And it's so true because, like, you know. Because if you're making stuff you're passionate about and that like you really enjoy doing too, that will connect with people. And it's awesome when people contact you as a photographer and they say, hey, I saw this photo on your website and I really love the look of it. I'd like to, can we do that? I mean, because now you're showing like you're making work that you want to be paid for. So don't try and, and, you know, I, uh, I, I think a lot of people when you're in a photography coaching group, like, sure, the goal is to try and emulate what the leader of the group does, right? So, like, with Peter, he has his techniques and we learn how how to do it. Um, I'm in Felix Kunz's um, coaching group, too. And so, Felix has his lighting and the way he does it, and I love it. And, and so, you learn how to do it. But then, eventually, you start to kind of branch out and you, and you figure out your own thing. So, you do need that technical foundation, though. Um, but if, But you want to find that niche, you know, mm. and the only way you find it is by em- em- uh, emulating, sorry, that's the word I'm looking for, <laughs> the, emulating your mentors, the people whose work speaks to you. Like, so if you find a photographer you love, emulate their work, try and copy it. And don't, don't be like, it's, there's nothing wrong with trying to copy it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you'll never be them. Like when I learned how to play the bass, all I did, what my hero was, was Ray Brown, great jazz bass player, Ray Brown. And literally for like four years, all I did was transcribe every note of Ray Brown that I can get my ears on. Note for note, writing it down, solos, walking bass lines, learning how to play it. And that's how I absorbed the music. Um, I still don't sound like Ray Brown. Like I, there's definitely influences there, <laughs> yeah, right? So yep, people yep. listen to me, like other musicians would be like, oh, I can tell you, man, your man is Ray. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. But it's... It's not ever going to be him. I'm still going to be me. So, like that's that's kind of how the creative process works. It's a little it's a little deceiving to some mm. people. They th- they think like, oh, I got to do something new. No, you just got to do something. Yep. Like, do something, and then and then you'll figure it out as you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I think that's really great. Um, really great advice. Just starting and doing something is like better than sitting there like stagnant. And yeah, I think the more you the more you shoot or the more you play or whatever it is, you'll figure out what you like and what you don't like. Like I've had that on YouTube. Like I make dif- tried making different kinds of videos and I'm like, I don't really like doing that. Didn't really feel right. I won't do that. I'll do more of this or, right. um, yeah. And I think what you said about building a technical kind of, um, um, foundation is really good. And then you can like, once you have those skills and obviously it sounds like you really value like mentorship and, and education, yep. like that's something that you've invested in and it's paid off. Um, for you, which is good to know because you you do see a lot of that now. Like there are a lot of educators and people doing courses and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's nice to hear like, you know, from somebody who's been through something like that and is now like, you know, very successful. So, um, but yeah, building that foundation and then 
you know, putting your own little bits, um, you know, on, onto it or noticing a gap um, in the market. Like I interviewed a girl, um, an Australian girl, and she's doing like elopement photography all on film. And she just shoots two rolls of film and it appeals to like couples, probably like my partner and I who aren't like big wedding people and they just want, the, you know, um, just sort of casual and a little bit cool. different looking. So it's really cool mm-hmm. that she's doing that. And um, she's so kind of blase about the sort of technical side. Like she's she's just like, you know, I just thought, oh, that would be cool to do it. And she just did it. And people like her vibe and she's appealing to to those people and she's like killing it. So um you know, awesome. but a lot of people will say, Oh, you can't make, you can't do that. You know, no one will pay for that or no one will want that. So again, I think you've got to trust in yourself. Um, and not, yeah, like like you said about telling your friends and family, like if you believe that it will work, then that will help you like a, a whole lot. So yeah. Yeah. And and you will fail again, right? Like that's mm. gonna be part of it too. But like every great idea people have poo-pooed, like throughout history, like everyone, like everyone so from like, you know, Steve Jobs to like whoever, mm-hmm. like every every super successful person, there has been people who are like, You can't do that. That'll never work. Like you just gotta ignore them. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I think that happens a lot in music too. Um there was I can't remember exactly, but I went to like a David Bowie um exhibition years ago and um there was um a lot of um stuff um there sort of saying that you know he really like struggled at first and like nobody was really paying attention and you know he he did an out like his first album and it didn't really kind of like you know do that well and and then he sort of changed his style and he changed his look because he was trying to be more appealing and you know it wasn't taking off and it sounds so strange to think that like people weren't believing in David Bowie or he wasn't popular because he's so was, you know, sadly was so prolific. So um, I think hearing people's like how they got their start is really important because it can be really inspiring because it's often not, not what you think. Like you just see successful people and you think they've always been like that, but they most likely they had like a struggling kind of like period. So um, yeah, I find it really inspiring to hear that like on podcasts or like documentaries and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. It's mm. it's a long and winding road too, right? Like it's it not is. a straight line, right? Yeah, and yeah. Some days, like you said, some days you're going to be like, "Oh my god, why am I doing this?" <laughs> but you know, you totally. got to just stick with it. So, mm. but it's yeah, I love it though. So I love what I do. I really, I genuinely love it. If you genuinely love it and you're passionate about it, you get through those days where you feel mm. like, "Why am I doing this?" or dealing with like difficult clients or whatever it is. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, so, so, so much um, good stuff there. So with, um, with your photography, obviously you do photography for work. Do you, um, it's something I like to ask like people who do it professionally, because this is what puts a lot of people off because they say, oh, that's my hobby. That's like my thing that I do for like my mental health or I enjoy. Um, so how do you balance like creative photography or photography for yourself? Do you find that you're like burnt out on it and you don't want to do it in your spare time? Like how does, how does that work? Not at all. In fact, (laughs) I'll tell you, like I, the most uh, relaxing thing for me is is to take one of my my little Fuji cameras I showed you before and -hmm. just wander around the city and take street photography. I get so much joy out of that. Uh, or sometimes I'll go to like the beach and I love going even in the wintertime because it's barren and it almost mm. has this like alien, like landscape looking yeah, way of cool. it. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and I get by doing that, I get so much joy, so much like, um, 
like mental uh, recharging. I, I love it so much. And the other thing I do is I have uh, this core group of like friends and we're all photographers. And so it's probably almost like once a week now I'll, I'll text my buddy and be like, all right, we're doing a late night photo shoot. Let's find someone and we'll just work on different lighting techniques and stuff. So we'll bring a friend or we photograph each other. So once a week at my studio, starting at like 9 PM, we'll have like these impromptu sessions where we're like, all right, let's just figure out like we're going to just use this optical spot and we're going to take like all kinds of pictures with it and we'll try and figure out or let's do light painting and we'll try and figure this out and i love it i find it to be um my de-stressor yeah. uh you know yeah yeah so, that sounds super fun yeah that's yeah. really that's that's really cool like to get together and do something like that and to be experimental because i imagine when you're doing like headshots and portraits it you know it has to be a certain way and it's got to look a certain yes. way so there's not as much room for you to do something like crazy with the lighting or get really experimental. So to be able to do right. that must feel really freeing for you, you know, and there's yeah. no stakes, like you're just doing it with that group of people. And um, yeah, that's just really for cool. the love of it. Yeah. Just for the love and the passion of it. And then I'll tell you too, like a lot of the things that I've figured out in those sessions, I will bring it into my um, actual clients and not so much corporate clients. Yeah. You kind of, it's a little bit more, um, unless you get someone who's really cool or has a very unique job, mm -hmm. most of it will, yeah, it's not the most exciting things to do, but the exciting part about that is taking someone who never had a photo of themselves that they ever saw and liked, mm. and then using the techniques I know and what I learned from my mentors, having them come, uh, like I'll take a bunch of pictures. All right, come take a look at my screen. And they just look and they're like, Oh my God, I love that. Like, so there's very satisfying parts of that too. Um, yep. And then working with actors is fun too, because they're more creative and working with musicians yeah, is very creative. That'd be like really figuring fun. out what to do with, yeah, with their instruments and stuff. But mm -hmm. I don't know. It doesn't feel like work to me. There's many nights where I text my wife and I'll be like, can you believe people give me money to do this? Like I just took a camera and pointed at a person for an hour. And they yeah. pay me well to do it. It's like, it's, it's incredible. And I, I really, yeah, I genuinely love it. I'm so grateful for it. I really am. Yeah. I can really tell by like the way that you're talking about it and and everything. It's really, really nice. Cause I have spoken to some people before who um, feel a little like burnt out, like who are doing commercial kind of uh, work. Um, maybe right. cause they're, maybe that's different. I have literally like no experience with like this kind of thing, but it sounds like you have created exactly what you want to do, which I think um, speaks to the point you made before about creating, create the work that you want to be paid for. Cause I think you can right. get boxed in easily. And if you get opportunities, you say yes, but then you realize all of a sudden I am getting paid to do photography or whatever it is, but this isn't exactly what I wanted to do, you know, cause exactly. you sort of let like the opportunity steer you. Whereas you have to be like, okay, well, if I really want to do like music photography, I need to be like shooting musicians. So even if I'm doing that for free, I need to do that and show that that's the work I'm doing. And I got this offer to do family photography, but I'm going to say no, because like, you know, that's not, not what I want to be known for. Like, you right. know, uh, or understand that that's your side thing for the money. And like, this is the thing that you want to be your main thing. So right. yeah, that's how I sort of understand it too. To, to yeah, to I, yeah. I, I totally agree. And this is, a, I think a lot of photographers make this mistake, which is like, you go to their website and you'll see everything, like photos of everything. Mm. 
And if you want to make a business out of it, there's some photographers who do that. There's sort of like a jack of all trades kind of approach. But that for me, I think that's a bad approach. So like I'll do family portraits. I did a family shoot like a week ago. I'm shooting an event this weekend. Um, I'm doing some other thing that's not related to what I want to be known for, but it's not going to go on my website. It's not going to be like the main thing I promote. It's not mm. something that I want people to know me for. Like, if you go to my website, you see headshots and portraits. It's all about headshots and portraits because yeah. that's the work yeah. that I want to be known for. But sometimes, and and I do say no sometimes to things as well. Um, so you can you can you can do that too. I mean, there's nothing wrong with saying no. Uh, if you're financially destitute, then okay, probably say yes Obviously, to everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're if you're in an okay place and you know this isn't going to help you with your long term career goals, there's nothing wrong with saying no sometimes. And um, you know that's like it's a more that laser focus. Like that's another thing about people who are very successful. You'll see that they really are laser focused and obsessive mm. about mm. what it is that they want to do like yep. every single time, every yeah. time. It's, it is very true. It seems to be a recurring theme amongst people who yeah, get success in that like one area for sure. Yeah. And I think photographers are quite obsessive people or like quite sort of, you know, like I was, I was, I've been sort of like um, toying with the idea of doing an F-stoppers article about it, but I'm trying to still flesh the idea out of, yeah, like photographers do seem to be kind of perfectionists and also very like obsessive and, um, just oh, yeah. a lot of them that I know, like whether it's about the the end result or it's about the gear, um, you know, yeah, they just want to like get it right and they become really, really obsessed with like that that one thing. So yeah, but I think that you can use that to your advantage though. Like that can be a strength um, mm -hmm. for, for sure. Yeah. And I think what you said about being known for, you know, like you go to your website, you see that it's very clear what you do. It makes it really easy for the customer. Um, and I think, again, like what I was saying, putting yourself in the viewer's shoes with YouTube. I right. think similarly with, you know, if somebody's listening, wanting to build a business around their photography, you want to do the same thing there. Like think about you as a customer and when you're looking for something and it doesn't even have to be photography. Like um, I was um, looking to, cause I have kind of a few different like um, income streams at the moment. And I'm sort of like confused as to how that's going to work like tax wise and all that kind of boring stuff that I won't talk about now on here, but I was like, I need like an accountant. Like I've never sort of had that before. So I was like, you know, Googling, looking for somebody. And yeah, it was like people where they do everything. It's just the website. We do this, we do this, we do this. And I was kind of like, oh. and then I found someone that's like, are you like an online entrepreneur, like, you know, working in like e-commerce or like content creation? And I was like, oh yes, like right. you are my person. Like I'm going to book in with you. So using that as an example of like, they made it really obvious that that's what they do. And then they got me as a customer. So you can you can literally just um, use that as a blueprint for like anything. So yeah, just being yeah. mindful of the work that you put on your website of like, that's what you want to be known for, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Just like, I mean, and that's, that's something that I'm still learning with my uh, YouTube channel, right? Like there's how many great, I know, I know so many great uh, YouTube channels where every single video is about, like we said, like, for instance, Fuji cameras, you know, or whatever. It's mm -hmm. like very, you, you know, you can't be everything to everybody. So you find that thing that's that that you love. And, and if you focus and hone in on that and really provide that, like those people will find you, the people who want that, the people who that's, you know, they're, they're out there. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's kind of cool because this is a lot easier than trying to be awesome at everything. Like that's photography too, is such a crazy thing because there's like, you, I, I know a, a lot about some things about photography, but yeah. there's like, 
I don't know how to use a giant bellows camera <laughs> or whatever. It's like, <laughs> I know it's so, it's so crazy how like, cause when it's, when you tell kind of like, I don't want to say ordinary people, but like people who aren't photographers, I guess, like I'll say like my neighbor was like, Oh, um, I was talking to me and um, she said, are you working back at work? And I was like, Oh, I'm like, you know, I work a little bit from home. Like I'm a photographer. I was trying to make it easy for her to understand. And then she was like, Oh, so do you do like family photography? And I was like, no. And she's like, yeah. Oh, like, what, like, do you do like weddings? Or I was like, no. And then I was like, Oh, I wish I just hadn't said anything because I don't really know how to explain it, blah, 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 like what we were talking about before. But I was like, it's funny because like I would literally be the worst person to do any of that. Like, if I had, I wouldn't know what to do, but then I have all these cameras. So it seems really silly, but it's just because it's not my, it's on my area of, you know, yeah. And there's so many different areas and so many things that people, um, I, I've told this story before on the the channel, but um, I worked somewhere, I worked in a restaurant um, and it was like a three level, uh, like old pub. Um, this was like when I was like, I don't know, 21. And they were like, oh, you, you always have a camera. You're a photographer. Do you want to take the photos of the like venue um, for like the, the new website? And um, they offered me like quite a lot of money to do it. And I was like, oh, and I was like, oh yeah, like kind of fancied myself as that. So I was like, okay, cool. I only like really shot film. So I borrowed a friend's like DSLR and I did it and it was awful. Like I had the worst time because I had no idea what I was doing. And it was so funny when I was going through the photos because I'd taken like these, you know, like in my idea, like good compositions of just like really sort of meaningless parts of like the building and not nothing of the like the bar or to show off the the venue like just so right, I'm like right. oh my god how embarrassing and it was self some of it was salvageable and they seemed like fairly happy so I was like okay but I just think oh god how awful and um you know like but then it's good because I know that that's probably not my strength like you right. know I figured that out like you said with the fa the failures um it's you know you learn something so and it's a it's a funny story as well to think I'm like oh god what was I thinking doing that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need a little bit of that though. That's how you yeah, learn, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so speaking of film, um, I know that you have an Olympus XA because you've um you wrote a really cool uh FSOPS article about you know, um, like how much you love that little camera. And I really enjoyed I seeing do. like the photos of like your kids and stuff. So do you shoot much like film? Is that in your um rotation at all, Pete? Yeah, it is. Um, so I have actually I put it right here to show you because you'll appreciate the I have a Nikon F. Oh, nice. Love. Yeah. This was beautiful. given to me. Um, and it's like, it's in perfect condition. Yeah. Yeah. It looks mint. Yeah. It's mint and it works perfectly. The meter works, everything. That's good. And so a friend of mine gave me, a, like I said, uh, mentioned before, like this huge bin of cameras a couple of years back. Mm -hmm. And that was in there. And I was like, oh my goodness. And I have even like the original, like those, le the leather case for it. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I take that out. I use it um, pretty regularly. I use, I have the XA, the Olympus, and then I have this old like um, Russian medium uh, format camera, which is like, um, it's like a big, it looks almost like a Hasselblad. Okay. So is it a so Kiev I, or? Uh, I think so. Maybe I got it here somewhere. Oh no, here it is. It's a Kawa, Kawa six. So oh, I use this. Wow. Okay. I don't think I've ever like heard of that or seen it. It looks really cool. I think it's Russian. Maybe I, I could be wrong about that, but um, yeah, who knows? Someone, one of your viewers will know. For I'm sure. sure yes, know for sure. It looks really, but, really cool. Yeah. And it's got, you know, the finder like this and it's got a working meter in here too. So that's cool. That's fun. Very cool. And yeah. 
But I haven't done, I don't really do it. That's mainly for, um, I've done maybe one or two like concert gigs where I brought like my my F and I did mm-hmm. a couple of rolls of film in addition to like bringing my digital cameras just to offer that. Um, but I don't, I haven't done any portrait sessions like just with film, mm-hmm. um, which is, it's funny because that's something I want to do. I want to start shooting more film for like portraiture and, and have mm. that as something I can offer my clients too. Mm. Yeah. Um, my biggest challenge with it is the, uh, I don't have, I, I, I have a basement in my studio. So eventually I want to set up a dark room down there mm, and, nice. and just develop it myself. Uh, but for now I'm just, I drop them off at the local lab and get them developed. And then I don't have a good, uh, scanner either. So mm-hmm. I think the biggest, the biggest thing that's keeping me from doing it is, and I, you know, better than me, obviously in this, but is like a good negative scanner and slide scanner. So, yeah. um, yeah. If I get that, I think that I'd be more into doing it because when when they scan them at the lab, they come out okay. But like like you said before, you you have no control over it. You know, you have you don't know what it's going to be. Yeah, so. I think if if you do outsource, like um, yeah, it, it's so varied depending on the labs and um, right. like. I think like I've heard that you know renowned photographers like back in the day would have like you know these really uh, in depth relationships like with the people that are developing their film and they're like, you know, yeah. this is my style. This is how I want it to look. So like the lab would be doing that and making it work. Like it's so much more involved than even I can understand. I've, I've developed film once myself with a, a friend like years and years ago. Um, and it was a bit of a disaster, but um, yeah, like there's, it's a, it's a whole other process like to, yes. you know, just like taking the photos, um, which I think is really nice. It really rounds it off. But yeah, you 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 want to find like a good lab or yeah, be able to do it yourself. And I know a lot of photographers like having that complete control of everything, like yeah, doing it yourself. But it's getting um, like easier with, um, we have like an, an Epson scanner, but it's not very good. It's really slow and I don't like the yeah. results. Like for me, it's just better to send away because my lab's like really, really good. Um, but yeah, that would be cool if you could in- integrate some film into um, your your work because I think it's getting more popular like I think people like as film photography is growing in popularity I think people do like that kind of oh like you know I've got these especially like wedding or or, or like elopement like the girl I was talking about before like they're very um, you know they're really important photos and and film does have that kind of like really romantic nostalgic yes. quality that like kind yeah. of lends itself to like a wedding where you're like oh wow look at these beautiful photos and they've been shot on film it has more not more feeling but like yeah it's um it's definitely got that aspect to it so that would be cool if you could do yeah like some some work on film for sure yeah, I think it would be that would be a cool article too. Um, do like a portrait session on uh, just with with a film camera. I mean, mm. and I, I agree with you. Like the digital, um, and it's great. I'm not complaining. I mean, we we have it very easy with digital cameras mm. nowadays. As like I couldn't imagine like back in the old days, like doing this all like what I do in a studio, and then like all it's it was tough. Yeah, all on film. Yeah. Oh my god, I just my anxiety just right. <laughs> yeah it'd be crazy but um uh, i i love doing it and um I, i'll take my my one of my film cam- i have a bunch of film cameras i have more than than that but i i'll take whatever random camera sometimes do family shots and it's funny because my kids are always like let me see the picture let me see okay so i show them i'm like i'm like it's film look you, you can't, can't see anything and they just they look at me confusedly like what like, what do you Where's mean the picture? where's the screen but so film has that depth you don't have with with digital. I I still, mm. you know, and I grew up at the time where 
digital cameras really started to become popular. Like when I was working in the industry, it was around 2000 when they started like really pushing the digital cameras. That's when like those first, I remember the Olympus digital cameras with a little clamshell that they opened like this and they were like yep. 1.3 megapixels. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, you saw, I saw the whole transition from like going, really going from film to digital. And I still feel the same way as you. There's something about the, the look, the depth mm. of it that you don't really get. With with film movies too, like when I, anytime I watch an old movie yeah. with my wife, I'm like, you know, look at look at the way it's filmed. Like we were watching, what were we watch? Oh, we watched Field of Dreams. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, not for a long time, but yeah, yep. Uh, it was so depressing. I was I was like tearing up at the end because yeah. it was kind of depressing, but also because like the last time I saw it, I was a kid, and now I'm like old, and it's yeah. just like. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little depressing. You're like, oh no! But the film, the depth of it. I mean, and mm. and the the, sh the the transition from highlight to shadow, yes. and and the color density, and and mm -hmm. all. It's like, oh my goodness, we've really, like, we they just you don't have that today. It's different. I mean, it is different. Yeah, there's there's pros and cons to both, and I don't really like the attitude around, um, you know, like oh, I shoot film, so I'm better, or then like the digital people don't like film, and they're like, why are you shoot right. film? It's just like it just seems like a silly argument, but. I, yep. I agree with you. Like I like film for those reasons. And I think definitely in motion picture, and I think it's getting more and more popular in, in motion picture. Like if you jump on Kodak's website, they have a whole section of um, movies that have been on TV shows that have been shot on film recently, wow. um, which That's is re cool. it's really interesting. And some, some of the things I'm like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that that was shot on film or like some of them are 16 millimeter and they're very, you know, they, they, you can really tell. Um, but yeah, some really amazing films like lately have been, um, shot on film. And the more that, uh, how I understand it, the more, um, motion picture film that's like shot, then that keeps the, the still photographers in, in film as well. Cause obviously there's huge, um, shortages at the moment and like the prices have gone up and all that kind of stuff. So, um, right. it's important that it keeps popular on that side too. So, yeah. Um, I have a few uh, listener questions here. Um, yes. I picked out okay. um, two that I thought were really great. So I've got one from um, Eye of Alchemy. Um, he he has a YouTube channel. I'll link it um, below if people want to check it out. He said, what is the differentiating factor between a great portrait and an excellent one? Ooh, wow. it's, quite a big, it's quite a big question. I just That's hit, a tough hit you question. <laughs> wow. Um. That is an amazing question, actually. I, I, I okay, was like, oh, me, wow, that's a really good question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> think about that for a second. So what's the difference between a great portrait and yes. an excellent, just like an okay portrait versus a great portrait? Which is like a, an excellent, an excellent one. Yeah. Um, yeah like what's going to push it over the, over the edge? Well, I'll tell you, I can tell you what it's not. Okay. The dif difference, dif differentiating factor is not like how many lights you use, how mm -hmm. technically minded you were, uh, how you position them and all that stuff. To me, that's not the differentiating factor because um, sometimes the most simple lit outdoor mm -hmm. portrait in the sun yep. is going to be the most powerful. So I think for me, if I was forced, I think there's more than one factor, but I think if I was going to kind of boil it down for me, the most important thing is the expression of the subject. And so everything else is, is that's what's going to separate really a world-class portrait from an okay portrait. And so if you go and you look at portraits by photographers that we, that we love who are world renowned and, and photographers who, um, 
you know, who have made a name for themselves taking pictures of people, mm-hmm. uh, pic- portraits of faces, a lot of times it's the expression of the subject um, that's going to make the, the difference. So that for me is really what I focus on. And I, it's not easy to get genuine. Ex- it's it's easy. The more you do it, it gets easier to get genuine, positive expressions out of people. Like mm-hmm. I can get people to laugh. I can get them to smile. I get them to feel good. Yeah. Now I want to get them to be a little uncomfortable or maybe be a little not sad, but maybe introspective. And so great. Uh, some of the people who I love who are great portrait photographers, you see some of their work and you're like, wow, it's such an engaging expression. Mm. It's not necessarily um, like, oh, I'm happy to be here. Um, well, I think about kind of immersion. Yeah, it's complex, right? Yeah. I think yeah. That's, that to me separates not mm. the lighting. All that stuff is important, but that's the main thing for me. Like mm. if you think about the famous portrait of um, Churchill uh, made by uh, Karsh, it's the expression he gave him. That's why that portrait is so famous. And mm. he, there's, a, if you look, there's actually two portraits of Churchill. There's the one where he's like looking a little grimacy, the famous one that Karsh took. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he snapped one right after that, where he has a more genuine smile, and he also looks great in that. But he's not. It's not as powerful yeah. than that. Like you got the little bit of the cantankerous kind of, you know, personality that he was so well known, known for. for. Yeah, and. Yeah, I think if I remember correctly, his family preferred the other one because he was a little bit more approachable looking. Yeah, but yeah. That's that's to me. I, I hope that answers no, the question. That's a, I think that's a great answer, and I think that um, it. I, I totally agree, and I think even uh, with my partner and I, he takes a lot of photos of me. Like that's what he wants to shoot the most of, um, which is fine because I like being in front of the camera too. But um, somebody um, messaged me the other day and said, "Oh, all the portraits like your partner takes of you are like." so beautiful but like you you always have such a um like interesting expression and i can't remember the exact word they use but i was like oh maybe it's because it's him that's taking the photo like because i'm looking at him and we have a connection obviously so that's going to change the way i am versus like if it was just somebody you know that i'd hired or, or or whatever so um that relationship um and i think you can think of like um uh, like Blondie, like Debbie Harry, um, the guitarist in, in, in Blondie, um, he was a photographer, Chris Stein, and he shot a lot of photos of her because um, she was amazing. But yeah, like she has this look because she's looking at him and, and I always think, oh, like it's because you had this connection. Um, mm-hmm. And like, you can probably think of like a million examples, but um, yeah, I think that kind of like, yeah, emotion or more complex emotion coming through um, in the photo. And I think that's why it's so important to be able to yeah, like know like how to talk to people or how to make them feel like comfortable as a right. like that's another layer of being a portrait photographer that I actually was fine with that side because I really like talking to people and I find it kind of easy to build a rapport with somebody. Um, so when I um, would shoot some of my friends when I was younger, because um, I was like, you know, trying to uh, come up with these, I liked coming up with the idea for the shoot. I loved styling it. I loved directing them and coming up with this whole concept, but the photos technically were always bad because I didn't understand lighting or anything about my camera. So that was where I would fail. Um, so it would be good if I had somebody to like do that st- that side and then I did the other side. Um, but I think mm-hmm. both are, like we've said, both are important. And if you're working with people, like, yeah, you have to be personable. And then if you want to take it to that next level to get m- more complex emotion, you need to be able to yeah, like connect connect with them or, or or have something there. So yeah, definitely. I think definitely. that's a great, great, um, great answer for a hard, hard question. 
Um, I have another one from, um, yeah, Ooh, sorry. I always, um, I, when I've been on podcasts and they're like, we've got some listener questions. I'm always like, Oh God, what are people going to ask? Um, so I have one from Travis who is, um, analog townie on Instagram. He is over in Florida. Um, and he has just bought a studio, um, I think, and he's like doing it up, um, to do like portraits and he'll often cool. send me his, his shots and, um, nice. yeah, yeah, really awesome. He's a really nice guy. So he said, your work expresses range that seems to demonstrate more of a technical and artistic approach that is tailored to each session than an overriding personal style. Do you find yourself wanting to explore new technical aspects in your sessions? Example, modifiers, sculpting tools, formats, backdrop options, and even styles, or are all decisions driven by the client's needs? That's another great question. You cut out for a second, just the beginning. Read me like the first couple oh, of sorry. lines of that. So, um, sorry. Um, so Pete said, sorry, Pete said, you're not asking yourself a question. Sorry, Travis said, (laughs) he said, your work expresses range that seems to demonstrate more of a technical and artistic approach that is tailored to each session. Do you find yourself wanting to explore new technical aspects in your sessions, um, modifiers, sculpting tools, formats, backdrop options, and even styles? Or are all the decisions driven by the client's needs? Um, if both, how do you balance the process versus the portrait? That's quite an Wait, invo- okay. involved question. Yeah. That's an awesome question. No, that's a very pertinent question if you want to be a portrait photographer too, um, especially if you want to be more on the artistic side of things and you don't want to just take the same photo all the time, which some people mm. do, you know? Uh, so as I mentioned before, I, well, what I don't do is I don't experiment on my clients. It's a bad idea. So if someone <laughs> comes in and they're paying you good money, you don't want to be like, well, I've never tried this before, but let's use it and see what happens. So yep. I don't recommend that. Um, mm-hmm. But what I do is um, I will, uh, like I had said before, I meant um, I have a bunch of my photographer friends come by mm-hmm. and we'll do like an entire like day or or a night like usually we do it at night after everything is settled because like, I'm a, I'm a, a late you know I stay up late I, I'm a night owl mm-hmm. so if I want to learn how to take a different kind of portrait or different kind of artistic style or if I want to learn how to use a new piece of gear I do it with friends and with like a very low pressure situation mm-hmm. um and the reason why you want to do it that way obviously as I said you don't want to experiment on clients because then think about it, if it doesn't come out good then you got to be like uh okay and it's, it just gets very awkward um you want to be able to once you want once you do that for a client you want to be able to to have it like okay i know that when i set up this light and i do this and i put this modifier on it and i like you know put like eight pieces of duct tape around it it's gonna look good Mm because i experimented with it so you definitely want to experiment and then know that what you know what you're doing and then what i do also is like if there's a technique i want to learn from another photographer i will if if they're alive and and they're accessible, I will contact them and I'll say, hey, do you do private one-on-one coaching? And more often than not, you'll find that they will say yes. And so sometimes I'll set up mentoring sessions where I'll bring in a friend and we will even over Zoom, we'll do like a like a a, a test shoot. Um, the way I learned how to do uh, pretty much all the lighting that I use now with my clients is that's exactly how I learned it kind of in that situation. Um, now, when it comes to the actual client, that's a great part of the question too, because you'll find that first, it's like you just never know 
the scope of your client until they get there. So just because for me, what I've learned is just because they're a corporate client, it doesn't mean they want the most boring, generic um, headshot. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes if it's a real tour, well, they need a certain kind of simple headshot that needs to, to do a certain thing. Okay, that's usually what they want. Um, but one of my favorite uh, sessions I had was with this guy, a young guy, he's probably like maybe 30. He was, he was, he was um, maybe a little younger than that. And he started an online trading company. And so he came in and he wanted headshots. And he's like, oh, but can we do something like this? And he showed me um, something much more dramatic and like very different. That so, And he saw similar examples on my website. Uh, and so I find like a lot of times it's that collaboration, you know, between the client. It depends on what the client, how their energy is, what they mm. want. You know, that's a big part of it too. Um, and that was awesome because I was like, oh yeah, definitely. I, I mean, yeah, let's do it. And so this guy who runs like an online trading firm has one of the most creative <laughs> that I made, one of the most creative headshots like on his Twitter handle. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Um, so you want to collaborate with the client. Sometimes if they come in, and they have that really great energy, then I might make a suggestion, but it'll be based on something that I know already I've done is, and it's going to look good. Um, but definitely uh, for Travis, he should take do a lot of experimenting with friends and develop your own little community because it's, it's really important. Like I've developed now a little community of photography friends who we get together all the time. And, and then we, use our network to find people like the other night we wanted to test uh we did an optical spot uh test and so he had a friend and she was like oh yeah i'm down i'll come in and she came and hung out we took photos of her and Mm. then you you give these people amazing photos that they share with their friends and it leads to paying clients and then there's something else that you can be like okay well i have this really cool look we can try Mm, yeah yeah for sure i think that's another thing with the um portrait and like working with people um like musicians and all of that like right. you you can you know uh say to them like you know um I'll I'll take your photo and you know they're giving you their time but then you you give them photos uh right. for them to use which is you know so it's working both ways um so don't I think don't be scared to reach out to people and offer them that mm-hmm. because they'll they'll yep. be happy you know a lot more like um even when people say like oh, I don't like having my photo taken like I think human beings do like things to sort of be about themselves. Like, right. you know, like people like to, and like you say, like um, having nice, everybody likes to have a nice photo of themselves, you know, like it's, it's a nice thing. Like we all hate the like passport photo and then you're like the driver's like, we're stuck with it. And you're like, oh God, you know, that looks bad. So I think giving the gift of a really nice photo, like I feel so lucky that I've got my partner just all the time, you know, with a with a really nice film camera taking photos of like me and and, and like our son, like that's yeah. it's so it's so nice. And there's literally like probably four photos of him. Like it looks like he he's not a part of the family because all of the photos are of me and like our son. Yeah, that's me too. <laughs> my wife's always like, "There's no pictures of you." I'm like, "I'm the one holding the camera." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my partner hates having his photo taken, so it's it's often not you know, good. And then I think, oh, well, and I, I have a real complex. So I'm like, I'm not good at it. That's why it doesn't look good. But, um, but yeah, it's funny. Yeah. But that's awesome. Um, advice for Travis. Definitely. Um, I hope he's, um, yeah, got something out of that. It's really, really good. It's really good to experiment. Not, not on the client. That's yeah. No, good, good, good advice <laughs> on your friends, your friends and family members. Cause what can they do? If they don't yeah. like it, you just say, all right, see yeah. you at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, cool. Well, can you let um people know where they can find you, Pete, or like best connect with you if they want to work with you, if they have any questions or anything like that? 
Yeah, definitely. So you uh, you can find me on YouTube at Pete Coco Photography, mm-hmm. Instagram at Pete Coco Photo. Um, I'm on Twitter as well. Same uh, at Pete Coco Photo. Mm-hmm. www.petecococophoto.com is my website. Um, if people want to reach out, I'm always happy to to uh, chat with people and everything like that. If they mm-hmm. want, I also do one on one like formal coaching for photographers. Awesome. So if they want to learn, you know, um, up there portrait and headshot skills, they can contact me and um, set that up. Um, nice. And I think that's basically, and then then I'm, I, I float around F-stoppers. I'm a, I'm a controversial figure over there. You too. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's not hard to be a controversial no, figure over not. there. Um, but yeah, yeah, your, your articles are really, really great. So I definitely um, urge people to go over and um, check out um, your articles, like people like Travis, if you haven't already, because um, there's some good, good tips. Um, I know you did one about dealing with uh, unhappy clients, I think yep. a little while ago as well. Yeah. Yeah. So for sure. Yeah. You too. I always enjoy your articles. They're very creative. And it's always, every time I see your articles, I'm like, Oh, I would have never thought of that. That's an awesome topic. I love it. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah. I feel, um, I was worried to, to reach out to, um, to Alex cause, um, I wasn't sure if I'd be like a good, a good fit, but, um, I think, Kind of like what we were saying before, I felt like, oh, well, I can offer something maybe a little bit different and that might not appeal to everyone, but like there'll be people on there that will be like, oh, this is cool because it's like a little bit different. And that's kind of like my whole brand or, you know, like that's what I did with YouTube. I was like, I want to like bring something different to the table and, um, you know, not everybody will like it or it won't be useful to everybody, but, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's good to be able to like, yeah, bring something unique to a, a space, I think. So, Definitely. and I think everybody is capable of doing that for sure. So. Yes. That's what makes the world fun. It's that diversity mm. of, of, you know, thought, opinion, people, all your, your unique experience that only you've had. It's really mm. awesome. Yeah, totally. Oh, I feel like so pumped for the rest of my day. Like um, oh, it's chatting, awesome. chatting with you, it's really inspiring and really great, like actionable you know, steps for people to take um, if they're wanting to start this. Because I know towards the end of the year, people start thinking about, you know, they reassess and they're like, what do I want to do? So if people are looking to branch out into like this kind of business in 2023, I think this will be, um, yeah, very, very useful episode. So thank you so much for your time, Pete. And um, I'll um, see you over on F-Stoppers. <laughs> awesome. Lisa, thank you so much. Thanks to everybody for watching. I really appreciate it. And yeah, I'll see, I'll see you in the forums over there. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Pete. See ya. Wow. Do you feel like you just learned a whole lot and have so many things to go away and action or work on? I feel like Pete very kindly shared some amazing knowledge and wisdom there with us. So thank you so much. If you loved this chat, definitely connect with Pete and say hi. If you want to deep dive more into his years of experience and knowledge, then hit him up about coaching. He is so friendly and easy to talk to. I'm so glad that he got in touch with me. I had so much fun chatting and I loved that he had a background in music too. I feel so lucky to get to chat with people all over the world and get such insight into so many creative people's lives. Thank you for listening and be sure to leave a review and rating if you got something out of this. It really helps to spread the word and get other photographers like you this free knowledge and information. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I will see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.